Welcome to the Whistle Way Podcast. My name is Kyle Whistle, your host with Whistle Realty Group and EXP Realty in San Diego. And I am Brian Kochi, the Director of Media here at Whistle Realty Group. The goal of the show is to give you the tools, techniques, and tactics to go out there and crush it in your business, whether that be real estate, mortgage, or really just any business out there. And the way that we like to do that is to answer the questions that you have for us. So if you ever have a question you want to have us answer on the show, you can always go to thewhistleway.com, thewhistleway.com. Um, you can ask us questions on there. You can join our referral network, our email newsletter, and our Facebook group. You can subscribe to the podcast and YouTube channel. And you can get dialed in with our media mayor mastermind course, which is everything Brian and I have learned about shooting videos over the last, coming up on eight years now. Seven? Uh, seven? seven years together. I don't know. I can't count. Um, I, I mean, eight is when, when you get the uh, company car for personal use, right? Yeah, the, the pink Mary Kay <laughs> car. I'll take it. Fuck it. Let's go. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, Brian and I have been shooting videos for seven years now, and uh, we're just going to share everything we've learned in the last seven years. We've shot a few thousand videos, had a few million views on them, and done uh, quite a few deals from them. So if you want to learn how we've done it and everything that we've learned so you can shortcut your learning curve, go to the whistleway.com. Get dialed in with that. If you enjoy the show today, if you're listening on a podcast platform, make sure to hook us up with a review on there. And if you are uh, watching on YouTube, hit the thumbs up button. If you enjoy the content and if you want more episodes, hit the subscribe button along with the little notification bell. So YouTube will notify you when we drop a new episode. What do we got today, Brian? First, I I'm want to take a picture. I'm going to send it to Tom so he can post this in the YouTube in the in the YouTube video, um, but we're getting Tom is getting more and more and more and more equipment back here as we do these podcasts. It was just like the Mevo and the Rode Podcasting Pro. Now he's got two iPads and a phone uh, and his coffee, two sets of headphones. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. It's getting it's getting more and more and more extravagant. I love it. Um, so, anyways. <laughs> Today, what we are going to be talking about is something that's fairly topical. This happened uh, within the last month here, um, is or, or something big happened within the last month. And I want you to kind of talk about what you see the future of the iBuying programs look like. And what I said happened within the last month is Zillow has stopped um, their iBuying program. So I want you to kind of touch on that, but also see talk about what the future of the iBuying program looks like is it another uh, 3D TV that it was really exciting for two or three years and kind of dropped off? Uh, same thing like with VR, or is it uh, just maybe they didn't have it set up correctly? So, Cool. Yeah. Um, so the iBuying thing, obviously, that's been one of the, the biggest, uh, we'll, we'll go if you're listening, I'm throwing up some air quotes right now, threats to us as real estate agents. And can the iBuyers replace us as realtors? Is everybody just going to sell their home to an iBuyer. Um, and first, actually, we probably should start with what is an, what is iBuyer? What does it stand for? What is it? Instant buyer. So it's a buyer who will just buy your home instantly. You don't have to deal with the showings, the open houses, the repairs, anything. They'll just instantly buy your house, all cash, and close whenever the heck you want them to close. So cool. on the surface, it's a very, very appealing thing uh, for someone who wants to sell. Because having just sold my home, knowing the like amount of energy and effort that goes into like getting your house ready and then having a bunch of people in your home and wondering, did they like it? What did they think? Oh my gosh. Oh, we got another showing. We got a clean. Oh, oh. like it's a freaking lot. I sold um, my house to Zillow. Yeah. You sold your house to Zillow. Um, I mean, if they, if they would have, mine would have fit their buy box. <laughs> I just sold it to them too uh, with what they were paying. So um, yeah, it's just a 
more simple, convenient way for someone to sell their home. When all of the iBuyers came out initially, they were paying a little bit less than market value. And then they were applying a fee on top of that. They call it, each company calls it something different, but they were applying a fee on top of the offer um, that effectively would kind of replace a commission. Yep. So the fee when most of these guys started buying was very similar to what the fee would be for an agent's commission. So, um, you know, the seller knew they were going to leave a little bit of money on the table in exchange for the convenience. And I think at one point, some of them even called it a convenience fee. This is the fee you're paying for the convenience and not having to go through an agent. Um, and we would and see those fees anywhere from five to 15. To, four to, I think the highest we ever saw was around 10 or so. I was going to say 11. Yeah. yeah so um, that's where it started. And then, you know, let's just fast forward. This started in Phoenix probably three to four years ago. It just hit San Diego about two years ago. Um, and over this summer, we just kind of caught wind that they were – lowering their fees. We were seeing fees around 1% pretty consistently. And we were seeing prices. They were mind-boggling. I mean, we would submit properties and they were almost like clockwork coming in 10% above what the home was worth. It was crazy. And um, After they were door. on market. <laughs> yeah, and there's other competitors. So Zillow Office obviously is the one that, that's top of mind right now. Open Door is the biggest competitor out there. Um, you've got other companies like OfferPad and a variety of HomeLight and a bunch of others that are out there in that space too. But um, Zillow and Opendoor were kind of the big two going toe-to-toe. And there's reports, Michael Del Prete, um, I don't remember how to spell his last name, but just Google Michael Del Prete, iBuyer, you'll find it. Um, he does a lot of articles for Inman. He has his own blog. And he actually tracked data. And, I mean, for the summer, almost all of them were paying anywhere from, like, 100 to 110% of market value consistently, depending on which iBuyer it was. And so we saw that happening, and we are like, well, first, let's take advantage of this because that's crazy. So um, our clients get in on yeah, it. Yeah, so let's help our clients out by getting them, you know, these crazy offers with low fees, and, and it worked out really well. I mean, they saved money. We made money. Um, everybody had less headaches, and it was great. But we were just wondering. I was like, in my head, I was thinking like, okay, they're willing to lose some money today to gain market share so that these people that they lost money on now, they're going to go tell 10 people and they're going to be like, hey, dude, if you want to sell your house, like screw an agent, just go straight to Zillow. Like that was my thought, which makes a lot of logical sense. Yep. It's a marketing um, cost. Yeah. And so it's like, hey, I don't care. Those guys are venture back. They don't need to make money today. That's fine. Um, they'll make plenty of money in the years and years to come, just like Amazon, right? They went 20 years without making a profit and they've already made it like, $5 billion since we started talking today. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's there's a way to do that. It doesn't make sense to us realtors. We're so obsessed with, like, we have to make profit today, but that's a whole other podcast. An ROI. And yeah, it's a whole other <laughs> podcast we can do. Um, so I was like, all right, in my head, I was like, they're just, you know, they're they're buying market share because now, let's, even the clients that we introduced to them, like my client, I actually sold a home to, his last name was San Diego. to Mr. San Diego, birth name, San Diego. Pretty cool. So I sold Mr. San Diego's home to Zillow. Well, Mr. San Diego is going to be in his friend network and talk about selling his home. Who do you think he's going to talk about? Is he going to talk about Kyle Whistle or is he going to talk about Zillow? Like, odds are he's going to go Zillow. Kyle Whistle gets cut out. So it made sense on a market share play. And we also thought, like, maybe there was a – they had some money that they had to spend before they unlocked the next round. Potentially, yeah. Like, yeah. Because, I mean, when you get venture money, they don't give you the money to – put it in the bank and sit on it. They give it to you to spend it and invest it. Yep. So 
uh, again, I thought I thought it made complete sense. Where where it started to not make sense was we would have a home on the market. Um, the one that comes to mind was I think we were listed for five six hundred. Dropped, couldn't sell it. Dropped to five ninety. Couldn't sell it. Dropped to five eighty. Submitted it, and they came in at six seventy, almost a hundred thousand dollars higher. Like, and we've dropped it twice. What the hell are you doing? Like we can't sell this home for five eighty, and you're offering well into the six hundreds. Like that makes zero sense. So when we started to see some of that stuff, that was when I was like, okay, now this is this is just stupid. Like, like I can't wrap my head around this. This one. doesn't make sense. Like I get buying a little market share, but like knowingly overpaying for a home that won't sell, which a home that won't sell this time in this market, there's clearly something wrong with the house. That means it's the price is way too high. And then you're paying way over what's way too high for a home that has issues. Like Yeah, you can buy market share for, for five seventy on that yeah, house. <laughs> it was crazy. So um, <laughs> then all of a sudden it was like, all right, whoops, sorry guys, like don't expect any more of those offers. They kind of caught themselves and realized like, yeah, we were probably paying too much. <laughs> Um, so then the, the numbers started to come back to what we were used to in the beginning where it'd be a little bit below market and you'd have a, a fee of, you know, four to 10% on it. And we're like, okay, they kind of came back to reality, but I think they did so much damage over the summer with these crazy offers that, I mean, it appears it buried them. I mean, that's all, mm. all signs point to it burying them that I think their algorithm was expecting more appreciation in the market. And I think that when, you know, we had the crazy vacations over the summer and then everybody going back to school and things slowed. I think their algorithm had predicted a, a continued appreciation of two to 3% a month, but still mathematically it still makes no freaking sense. Cause you can't pay 10% above market value, close, put a little, you know, paint and carpet in, put it back on the market and get 10% higher. Like unless you're going to hold it for getting, a year, if you're going to hold it, but that's not the model. The model is literally as soon as the seller moves out, do a couple of repairs, put it back on the market. So even if it takes a month and your algorithm's predicting like 2% a month, you paid 10% over, you're still losing 8%. So I don't know, man. It, I, I mean, you could read Rich Barton's article and, and his what he said and, and whatever he said, I'm, let's just assume that's what it is. It was crazy. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad we got a lot of clients in on it. A lot of clients got to take advantage of it, sell for crazy numbers. And it's funny now because all of our clients that sold to them, I'm sending them screenshots showing what the home ultimately sold for on the resale. And guess what? It's like 10% lower. Um, and so my clients and, are and feeling- And they had to go in and do some work. And my clients are feeling pretty good about the fact that, hey, you got me, like when we got them 650, I think it sold for like 590. Clients feeling pretty good about that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, now clients can be like, hey, Kyle's a good dude because now he's not going to tell anybody about Zillow offers because it doesn't exist. Yeah. So Kyle actually- circles back around and becomes the hero again. Um, so it's uh, it's been a wild. It's been a yeah. wild six months, but Zillow has officially exited the iBuyer space. Um, and that leaves Open Door is really the only show in town, or at least the only big one. Um, but now you've got Homelight who's really stepping up and they've got a cool program and OfferPad. They're not in our market, but OfferPad is big in some other markets. So there's still iBuyers out there. I think Zillow's just decided this, you know what, this is not for us. We're going to go back to what we know and, and that might be a smart thing for them. So looking forward, do you think Zillow is going to hop back in the iBuyer program in the next, let's say, three years? I mean, I think we all know with Zillow at this point is never say never. Correct. But I'm just looking <laughs> Literally, for a guess. In the next three um, years, would you guess that they are or no? Um, I wouldn't put it past them. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised. Let's put it that way. I don't want to predict that they will, but I wouldn't be surprised. I think they'll 
maybe sit back and let open door feel things out and um, home light and the others and, and maybe jump back in if it makes sense. But it's so capital intensive. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, so in the future, do you think you're gonna, we're going to see, again, in the next three years, the, someone as big as Zillow come in? Let, let's assume Zillow doesn't. Let's just, or let's just pretend they don't. Do we see another one coming in and, and, and going hard like Zillow did and, and pose that same threat to agents? No. Okay. No. I think Open Door is your is still the the big one. Um, and they're, you know, we've been having talks with them. They're trying to find ways to partner with agents because I think they realize that agents are very valuable. I mean, most smart investors know I need agents. Um, you know, iBuyers, they know they need agents. So I think the fact that Open Door is trying to partner with the agents and find ways to work with agents, not just one agent per market, but all of the agents. I think is one of the reasons that they're maybe doing better. They're they're enduring. Um, so I think that you know, as in Homelight, Homelight wants to partner with agents. So I think the more that people choose to partner with agents and find ways to make it win wins, um, I think that's going to be the better long term solution. And I think one of the things that this does, Zillow exiting, is it really kind of gives the an agent a stronger kind of objection handler per se, of someone saying, oh, I'm just going to look at one of these iBuyers and maybe sell my house to them. When Zillow exited, homes that they had in, in contract didn't go through, right? I, we haven't experienced that personally, but I've definitely heard of that happening to yeah. others. I've heard of them pulling out of contracts that they were under to purchase. I haven't personally experienced it, though. Okay. Yeah, and I know that's happened on, on in some markets. Um, but again, now it, it just gives you another kind of um, quiver, in, you know, arrow in your quiver of some, if you talk to someone, they say, oh, I'm looking into Open Door. You can say, yeah, let's look at what happened here, and, and maybe that's a... I mean, it's, it's pretty easy as an agent to plant some seeds of doubt in a seller's head that's thinking about selling to an iBuyer at this point. I mean, you saw what happened with Zillow. I don't, do you want that to happen to you? I mean, that's a... Anytime you put doubt in people's head, and all you got to do, that's all you got to say, and then you just shut up as an agent. <laughs> that one <and> line. Just, <laughs> just water the seed that you just planted. Just keep watering it. And that, that thought, right, if that seller is going to go to bed and they're going to stay up all night thinking about do they really want to take that risk. So, Okay, and so you mentioned a couple iBuyers that we see here. You talked about Open Door. You talked about uh, Home Light. What other ones do you see um, have some value in partnering with agents? I think the, the other smart ones out there, um, again, Home Light is Home Light seems to be like the go-to one that wants to work with agents, not replace them. Um, and, and from my personal experience, I'm always a little weary when I hear that because a lot of times it's a lot of lip service and no, 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 you're our, you're our customer. But from my interaction with Homelight, it's been really positive of that, of them wanting to actually, hey, how can we make this simpler for you? How can we adjust this for you? So that's that's been impressive. It was not like that with another big name. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think the other one that's that's becoming kind of prevalent right now um, you know, these trade-in type programs where they'll come in and do like bridge loans for you, um, which I buying really is like a bridge program. It's just bridging this home from one person to the next short period of time. It's just a bridge. Um, I think that some of these guys are finding that they can use that same type of capital, but they can have a little bit more certainty in it with these trade-in type programs where they can take a seller who would traditionally 
have to sell their home first before they go buy, putting them in a position where they're either offering on a home contingent on selling or they're selling and then moving temporarily then moving into their ultimate home and doing the double move or Sounds like ending the worst up in thing some ever. <laughs> rough scenarios. So some of the companies have come out with trade-in type programs. There's actually quite a few of those trade-in uh, programs out there right now. So those are um, becoming popular. So I love those options. And then you have some that are doing like cash close type things um, where they can take a buyer with even as low as like a 5% down payment and turn them into a cash buyer. So they'll close on the home and then turn it over to the buyer and just make a small fee. Um, so you're starting to see some people get a little bit more creative where they still are using large amounts of funding, just like the iBuyer programs, but they're doing it in some different ways. Yeah. So now it seems like where maybe a year ago uh, or even six months ago, the iBuyer um, programs out there were really kind of scary to a lot of agents. Mm-hmm. It was really a threat. It was a, this is coming for you. Yeah. Um, and now just after a couple of quick weeks, it seems like the offers out there are really going to be something that is going to be another tool in a realtor's toolbox. And just like you said, you were able to help your clients. You said, look what we sold it for. Look what they sold it for. Having relationships and knowing the different options out there is really going to add even way more value to you um, as opposed to them doing it on their own. For sure. Cool. Yeah, so I think I would pay attention to... Uh, companies, again, Homelight we've talked about a few times, Knock, there's another one called the Easy Knock, um, Tim Heil with Homeward, there's another one called Ribbon, there's quite a few companies now that have a lot of freaking money, and they're finding ways to help solve pain points, which iBuying solved a pain point, right? It helps 100%. you sell without having to deal with all the, the stuff, but these trade-in programs effectively allow you to do that same thing. Um, these cash flows programs, they bridge a gap on helping you not get beat by a cash buyer. So it's been interesting to see how all this money is coming in, this venture capital money, trying to find the different pain points in the real estate process and how to solve that. And it's going to be interesting over time to see which ones win. But I think, you know, there's over a million realtors. I don't know if it's a million and a half yet, but somewhere in a million, million and a half range. Um, you know, I think I, I'd want those million plus realtors on my side. And I think I'd, I'd have better long-term sustainability as a company. And one of the things that we're doing um, that I, I, I think is really fun is we're partnering with these companies. We're repackaging their um, programs and, sell, and making it a simple presentation to our clients saying, this is what we can offer you. So instead of saying, do I want McDonald's or do I want to go to uh, Rubio's, we're, we're basically making the, the Uber Eats of it. We're saying you can work with us and you can you do McDonald's or Rubio's or I know you love Rubio's uh, so Rubio's <laughs> um, but really kind of packaging those like Thomas and, said at dinner the other night nope not a chance <laughs> that's an inside joke that's that's fine <laughs> anyway uh, I think that does it any final words about iBuyers no I think I would again just keep your finger on the pulse of some of these other companies that are out there I just mentioned a bunch of the names Find ways that you can work with them um, because I know we're doing a lot of business by working with these companies because we're providing solutions to our buyers and sellers that 99.9% of the agents are not providing. And so now when you go meet with somebody, you don't have to hang your hat on the fact like work with me. I'm going to take professional photos and I'm going to put your home on Zillow and like and run ads on social media because that's what every freaking realtor is saying. 
when you can go meet with that seller and tell them, hey, you know what? I know you want to buy. I can help you buy first and come back and sell second. Even if you can't qualify for that other loan, I can make that happen for you. And be like, holy shit. Like, that's way cooler than putting my home on, you know, Facebook. Yeah. Um, or you meet with that buyer and, you know, everybody else is like, I'm going to work hard and I'm going to find you a property. Like, okay, well, I'm going to turn you into a cash buyer, even with only 5% down. Think you're not going to get people's attention. You're not going to get more appointments and close more deals because you have that and your competitor doesn't. So find ways to partner with these companies. Cool. All right. Well, hopefully you guys got some value out of that. If you did, if you were listening on a podcast platform and you can hook us up with a review, that really goes a long way for us. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button along with the little bell. um, So you get notified when we drop future episodes of the show. If you have a question that you want to have us answer on a future episode, you can always go to thewhistleway.com, thewhistleway.com. Ask us questions on there. Join our referral network, our um, email newsletter, our Facebook group. You can also subscribe to the podcast and YouTube channel. And you can get dialed in with our Media Mayor Mastermind course if you want to go deep with video. Brian and I are going to share everything we've learned in the last seven years of shooting videos together so you can go out there and start crushing it with video, whether it be direct messaging people or you're shooting huge community videos. We're going to teach you everything that we know to help shortcut your learning curve. With that said, the way we like to wrap up the show is to share something we refer to as the whistle widget of the week. This is something we utilize in our uh, business that either saves us time, makes us more money, or just helps us have more fun. What do you got, Brian? Mine today is a free tool um, that we use all the time now um, that helps us uh, schedule out our content on some of our big social media platforms um, all within one platform. So um, we use now Facebook Creator Studio, which if you've been using Facebook business pages, you're going to, they're really pushing you hard to use it. Um, but some of the things that I really like about it, they've really simplified some of the things like scheduling posts on both Facebook and Instagram, uh, cross-posting, so posting it on Facebook and using that content on Instagram or vice versa so you don't have to re-upload. Um, and then even cr- cross-posting from one Facebook page to another Facebook page to another Facebook page. Seeing it all there, having it all scheduled, not paying for another service. We used to use Later. I know people use Hootsuite. Um, but now it's all in one spot. So we use... Facebook Creator Studio, or Facebook and Instagram. Cool. It's free. The one I'm going to share, um, I just bought a new house, and I had the same problem with my old house, and I had it at the new house where I wanted to upgrade to a smart lock system. And the problem that you run into is there's an existing door hardware that's on your door, and if you take that hardware off, you're usually going to have the impressions from the old system. So you either have to find one that is identical, that covers it, that's smart, which is very, very difficult to do, um, especially my new house has this like really tall locking mechanism. I was like, there's not a chance in hell I can find something the same size that's smart. Um, I tried to like hack an August lock and make it work, and I couldn't do it. Uh, I was literally like grinding it with the grinder and stuff to cut pieces off. Did you return that to, to Amazon? I did. Yeah, <laughs> oh. I'm, a, I'm an asshole. Uh, I, I was. I was. That was I'm a that joke. Guy. I no, thought... I did. Oh. <laughs> I cut pieces off and then I sent it back. I'm sorry to whoever ended up with that. Um, but there's a new system that I found that's super freaking cool, and it's a company called Level. Um, and they have a few different systems. But this Level system, what's really cool is it just can simply replace what goes inside the hole. So after you take the locking mechanism on the one side and the bolt that's on the other side, you just take those off, and that piece that's in the middle that has the actual latch on it, it's just the piece in the middle. And it's smart. 
and it's freaking cool. So everything on the outside that you see stays the same. The only thing that changes is what's beneath that. So the circle uh, that's cut out in the door, it goes in there, and, it, and then it's also the latch that goes to the strike plate, and that's the only thing that gets replaced, and all of the hardware stays original, which is super freaking cool. And then it connects up with a ring system or an Apple HomeKit system, and you now have a smart lock system without having to change all of the hardware on your door. Well, you shouldn't tell me about that because I've been, I, I go through cycles where I spend a week looking into things and I don't want to replace the whole thing and I give up on it. So, cool. Now I'm going to buy that. It's called a level bolt. And it was actually on the Amazon treasure truck last week and I got it for like 30% off. So I'm stoked. Cool. Well, I'll just cut it in half, return it. And <laughs> uh, sorry, Amazon. Um, cool. Well, hopefully you guys got a lot of value out of the show today. Again, I'm Kyle Whistle with eXp Realty in San Diego. Thanks so much for watching. See you next week.